Welcome to Crosswords, the podcast about practical Christianity. What does it look like to walk in Jesus' footsteps? How do I live in a culture hostile to godliness? These are questions that we'll answer on each podcast as we get our heart and mind on Jesus. All scriptures quoted are from the New International Version. You can follow me on Twitter at Kingdom underscore Saint. Walk with the Lord today and be a blessing. The Top 5 Amens Let's examine the etymology of the word Amen first. Amen means to trust, to be sure, to let it be so, to so be it. It's what we say when we've encountered something trustworthy, something that is sure. It's a customary response passed to Christians from a practice in the Jewish synagogues. It's transliterated from the Hebrew into Greek, kind of like baptism is transliterated from English or to English from the Greek. When a person had read or discoursed in the Jewish synagogue or had offered up a solemn prayer to God, the others responded, Amen, and thus made the substance of what was uttered their own. The use of this phrase is solely attributed to Jesus, and in the Gospel according to John, it solely appears in the following manner, two amens, followed by, I say unto you. It appears in this form 25 times in the Gospel of John, and we first find it in John chapter 1, verse 51. John is the only one who doubles it like this, a double amen, illustrating Jesus' authoritative manner of speaking, which is also shown by the use of lego humin, which means I say unto you, you being plural. So there are different ways that this double amen has been translated into the many different English versions of the Bible. So, if we take it in the Greek, it's Amen, Amen, Lego Humin, or Amen, Amen, I say unto you. The King James Version will say, Verily, verily, I say unto you. The NAS and the ESV say, Truly, truly, I say unto you. The New King James Version translates it as, Most assuredly, I say to you. The NIV will say, very truly, I tell you. God's word says, I can guarantee this truth. And the easy-to-read version says, believe me when I say. So I'll share with you the top five amen, amen sayings that made my list. Your list may look different. These I consider the top five to be known and, of course, obeyed. They represent fundamental truths of the gospel, which are non-negotiable and will impact your eternity. They are life and death verses for the most part. You can use these five verses from the gospel of John to help someone know the gospel of the Lord Jesus. You can share this sermon and the podcast with anyone who really wants to know what they need to do to be saved, who really want to know how to be set free from sin and escape the coming judgment, to be born again and to glorify God in all they do. 
Let's look at the first one in John chapter 3, verse 3, where Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. A most assuredly double emphatic truthful statement. New birth is the only way into God's kingdom. We have a saying in our congregation, born once, die twice, born twice, die once. Colossians 1, 13 and 14 says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We're transferred from the dominion of darkness into God's kingdom, into the kingdom of the Son he loves, the kingdom of light. When? When we are born again. John tells Nicodemus, you won't be able to see God's kingdom unless you are born again. This new birth of water and spirit is what Peter announced after the gospel was enacted on that day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39, we see how he ends the first gospel sermon. After the people had said, My brothers, what shall we do? Peter replies, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. This statement means that unless one obeys the gospel of Jesus Christ by believing in him, repenting of sin, confessing his name, and being baptized, and no genuine baptism is possible without the other three. And as a consequence of such obedience, you receive the Spirit, and then you enter the kingdom of God. The second amen is found in John 5, verse 24. Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. This is about Christians having crossed over from death to life. To life. Many of these double truths state the fact that those who believe have eternal life already. They won't get it in the future. They have it now. Jesus wants us to understand that belief in him is essential. When the scriptures say believe, it doesn't just mean an intellectual belief. If you believe your doctor, what does that imply? that you will follow through with the protocol he offers you for your wellness. Same here. It is illogical and abnormal to think that believing Jesus just means to believe he was a person who existed and perhaps he did something for me. No. To believe means to follow in his steps, to obey his teachings. We call this a synecdoche in the English language, a figure of speech in which Part is made to represent the whole, or vice versa, as in Cleveland won by six runs, meaning Cleveland's baseball team. 
So when the Bible says believe, it means hearing Jesus' message, believing it, obeying it, following through with what he's saying. A person who's a Christian or a believer means they have heard the gospel, believed it, meaning they have been born again, they've been baptized in water for the forgiveness of sins, they've received the Holy Spirit. That's a believer. Many people who say they are a believer or a Christian are still only at the point where maybe they've heard about him, but they're still thinking about obeying, and that is not a believer in the New Testament. They are not Christians. They are not born again. They are not in God's kingdom. They are still lost in the dominion of darkness. Be careful of throwing that word around. Not everyone is a Christian. Not everyone has faith, as the Bible says. God makes that distinction, as we see here, and as we will see in the next Amen verses. So Jesus is saying in this verse that hearing his message and obeying it is the same as hearing and obeying the one who sent him, that is God the Father. He has come from God, Jesus, to warn us about the coming judgment and has come with the solution to our problems, the problems that have us condemned, which we will examine shortly. It is another firm assertion that by obeying Jesus' word, you will have crossed over from death to life. As Jesus says here, this will happen because as a Christian, you will not be judged. What? That is a big deal. It is really big deal because the Bible says judgment day is coming. As Jesus himself warns us in John 12, 47 and 48, he says, If anyone hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge that person. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. Here we see that Jesus did not come to judge. Yes, you read that right. You heard me right. He came to save us. I used to think God wanted to judge me, but the fact is I already stand condemned because of my sin. God wants to save me in Jesus Christ. Judgment day is coming and will not delay. Paul talks about this in Romans 1.18. The wrath of God is being revealed, present continuous, from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Peter will also say in 1 Peter 4.17, it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Hmm. Judgment is already taking place in the church since we have passed from death to life. We have crossed over, so we are being judged now to make sure we get a pass on that final day. Christians pass from death to life automatically, like going express to go in Monopoly. Pass, go, collect $200, and skip all the other pitfalls in the way. And why will there be a judgment day? Well, that's in the next Amen. 
The third amen is found in John 8, 34, where Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. The fact is, you are a slave to sin. Adam sinned. He brought sin into the world, and so we all have sinned. Sin brings death, and therefore we all die because we all have sinned. That's a truth expressed in Romans 5.12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. Because we sin, Jesus says here, we are slaves to sin. To understand the context of this statement, let's read it from verse 31, John 8, 31 through 33. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been a slave to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Many ask the same question these Jews did. What do I need to be set free from? I'm free. I'm not in jail. It is a question that reveals ignorance or unbelief. If unbelief, a show of pride and self-reliance, unless it is asked humbly and out of a desire to be free. People think they are free, but it is a deception. We think we're free to do as we choose without consequence. Some are proud of their nationality and think they can have certain political freedoms. That's what some Jews through the Messiah would bring them. Political freedom, they thought. Freedom from Roman rule. Some think knowledge sets them free, and that's why they go to school and spend a lot of money trying to get degrees. The truth is, we are slaves to sin because we are sinners. That's what Jesus reveals in this Amen. This is a great truth that, if understood, will lead you to want to be set free for real in Jesus Christ. That's because we all are slaves to sin. So we need to be set free from sin. For if we die in our sin, we will suffer eternal separation from God. That's called hell. That's called the second death. And Jesus wants to save us from that hell. He says here we need to be his disciples in order to know the truth. And the truth will set us free. Not any truth, worldly, scientific, or academic truth. No, none of those. We're talking about gospel truth. Amen. Gospel truth. The only way to be saved from judgment and condemnation, as we have already read from the other amens we examined, is to be born again, to cross over from death to life. And only Jesus has the keys to that. We need to obey him, believe him, and obey him. That is is the only way our sin problem and our grave problem, the two greatest problems mankind has, that's the only way they will be taken care of by Jesus' sacrifice. When I'm baptized, Jesus' blood 
that he shed on Calvary washes away my sin. That's what Paul expresses in Romans 6, 3 and 4. And by participating in his death, burial, and resurrection, I conquer my grave problem, since I will be raised with Jesus to newness of life, Romans 6, verse 4. His resurrection confirms sin and death have been dealt with. All this works flawlessly because Jesus is a very special and unique individual. He is called the only begotten, the unique one, incarnate for a very special purpose, which he declares in the next. Amen. The fourth Amen is found in John 8, 58, where Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. Jesus is God incarnate. Three times in this chapter, we hear Jesus declaring he is God incarnate. First in John 8, 24, where he says, I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am he. You will indeed die in your sins. Then in John 8, 28, where he says, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. That word, he, right after he says, I am, is not found in these two verses in the Greek, though it may be implied. It reads literally, if you do not believe that I am, you will die in your sins. We see in the words, I am, another claim to deity by the Lord Jesus. I am in the Greek is ego eimi, which means I am, I have been, I will always be. Jesus declares himself to be the Lord God Almighty from Exodus 3.14, where God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. The song, Mary Did You Know, expresses the awe and wonder of the greatest miracle ever, that of God becoming flesh and dwelling amongst us. The lyrics to the song, Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you have kissed the face of God. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? 
Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? This sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. If you like this podcast, please show your support by clicking on the support link on my Anchor FM profile. You will find the link listed in the description of the podcast on your favorite podcast app. With your support, I will continue to produce authentic Christian content as the Lord allows me to do. The fifth and final amen I am sharing with you today is in John 14, 12 through 14, where Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is a great and significant amen, because now this is speaking of the power that is at work in us. The fact that Jesus solemnly said that those who follow in his footsteps, those who have been born again, those who have crossed from death to life will do even greater things than the things Jesus did. Christians will do great works in God's name. Those who obey Jesus will not only do the works he does, but according to what Jesus says here, will do even greater things. Why? So that God gets the glory. And what works are these? Can we really know what these things are that are greater than the works Jesus did? Well, I'll tell you, every single person that has crossed over from death to life has been given new life. That is the greatest miracle. That's the greatest accomplishment anyone can do on earth. And the fact is that it doesn't necessarily completely depend on us, but it depends on the way God has opened in Jesus Christ. All we have to do is believe and put our trust in Him, obey His message, and we can cross over. We can do the impossible, the thing that is closed off to any other kind of knowledge or or visibility, the thing that is invisible. We're talking about dominions of darkness, dominions of light. This is possible by following Jesus. That is the greatest thing that can happen to any soul on this earth. Every soul that is baptized in the name of Jesus obtains eternal life. And all of us who have done that and have obeyed are part of this great plan that has been in God's mind since the beginning. You know, all the physical miracles Jesus did were great miracles, were were incredible things. No other human being had done that. And they're written in the historical records. 
This is not fantasy. This is not myth. These these happen. This is for real. God was putting the seeds of faith in us so that when we read what Jesus did, we can have faith and believe. And yet all those physical miracles Jesus did, giving sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, even raising up the dead, they were all temporary because all those people eventually died themselves. And you might think, oh, well, scientists can give sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf. No, they can't. They can't. These primitive gadgets and technologies that we have that could help a person's brain, that helps stimulate their brain in such a way so that they can hear something and work with something. Okay, you know what? It might be a beginning. They're fixing something that was mechanically or uh, electrochemically wrong, but they cannot give hearing to the deaf. Let me explain, because my son is deaf. He was born deaf, and so my wife was. And my son got a cochlear implant at a very young age. Right now he's 17, and he can speak three languages quite well, and he can hear perfectly. But it was not the technology The technology helped him bridge a gap, but he had to learn. He had to go through the experience of hearing and the trouble of training his mind to use that implant to hear. When Jesus was around, he, in a snap and a twinkling of an eye, made the adult deaf man hear and understand. He didn't just fix him physically or electrochemically, but he gave the man the experience of hearing all in a blink of an eye. That, my friends, is the real miracle that no man and no technology could do. And you might think, wow, when you put it like that, that is a great miracle. And yes, it is. But nevertheless, they were temporary. The greater miracles that Jesus says we're going to do, the greater works, are the eternal restoration of the souls God wants to accomplish by the sharing of the gospel. (laughs) If you've crossed over from death to life, if you've obeyed the gospel, you've been baptized in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, if you carry the gift of the Holy Spirit, you, you are the miracle that is being worked through the gospel as it is being preached. And as you preach it, you are the works that give praise and glory to God. Jesus wants you to ask him to do great works through you, the great works of sowing and watering with the preaching of the good news and pointing people to Jesus to be saved. Thank you very much for listening. I hope the Lord gave you insight into conforming to Jesus with today's message. I always appreciate feedback. You can send me your thoughts, musings, and comments directly through the Anchor app. You can also contact me on Twitter at Kingdom underscore Saint. Walk with the Lord today and be a blessing.